Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. One of the uniting characteristics of all people, of all nations and cultures, is the fact that we are relational beings. We all need companionship. We all need friends. But how true it is that so many people have any real friends. Friends who really care. Friends who are true and committed. Some can boast of hundreds or even thousands of friends on Facebook or other social networks. But are they really there for you when you need them? Can you tell them your innermost thoughts? Can you depend on them to stick with you through the hard times? Well, there was one in the Bible who was called a friend. But often the term was used in a derogatory way. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, he was known as the friend of sinners. The self-righteous and the self-sufficient, well, they turned up their noses at the idea. After all, who would want to associate with the poor, the sick? The needy and the sinful was well, certainly not a busy and highly regarded Jewish rabbi. But Jesus, he was guilty as charged. You see, he was and he is the friend of sinners. And I, for one, am glad that he is. Are you? On today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Peter Ramsey takes a look at the characteristics of this wonderful friend of sinners. And if you don't know this friend, we trust that you will come to claim him as your very own today. Those of us who are going to heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ is our all and all. We owe everything to him. We're not going to heaven because of our church or because of our lifestyle. We are going to heaven because Jesus Christ loved us unto death, even the death of the cross. And he paid for our sins upon the cross. He died for us, and we love him. He is our Savior. Luke chapter 7 and verse 31. And the Lord said, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace, and calling one to another, and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you, and ye have not wept. For John the Baptist came, neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and ye say, He hath a devil. Verse 34. The Son of Man is come. Now he's referring to himself. The Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man, a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans or tax-gatherers in those days. They were the scum of the earth because they used to rob people blind. They were despised. They were like traitors working for another country, taking money from their own countrymen and taking far more money than they should ever have been taken. And so Jesus said, I have come and you call me a friend of publicans and sinners. 
a friend of sinners. They were saying that in ridicule, a way to mock the Lord Jesus Christ. This man, he is a friend of sinners. It wasn't their idea of what the Messiah would be like when he came to planet Earth. But they were actually telling the truth unwittingly because that is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ was and is. He is the friend of sinners. I don't know what your friends are like, how many friends you have. You can't necessarily go by how many friends you have on Facebook. You know what kind of friends they are. They're not all those deep friends that you would tell everything to. And if you were diagnosed with some awful disease, they're not all going to travel to see you. Would you call them friends? Would you readily admit that they're not all friends? Friends. We all like friends. We're, we're relational people. We're made to enjoy relationships. Friends. We're made by a creator who is a relational God. A relational God. And he is seeking a relationship with you tonight. You say, does he even know who I am? Does he know that I used his name today in blasphemy? He knows that, but he is still seeking a relationship with you. He is a friend of sinners. There's some very sad stories. Beautiful young lady grew up in the lap of luxury, heiress to the empire, worth $241 billion. Her dad owns a football team, New York Jets, and a popular young lady on the social celebrity circuit. New York City, L.A. She was friends with the likes of Paris Hilton and other celebrities in the tabloids. She had a love-hate relationship with her family wealth. She loved the life that it gave her, but she said it made everything that she did seem very worthless. She once described her wealth as golden handcuffs. She struggled with drugs. She experienced the downward spiral that such addictions cause. Was a lonely young woman who lived much of her life chasing the spotlight. She went to rehab several times. She had an estranged relationship with her mother. Her family for years supported her very strange lifestyle. They fueled it. Then they sort of cut her off. She lost her battle to get her three-year-old daughter back. Her financial situation was deteriorating. On December the 29th, she had tweeted, sweet dreams, everyone. Seven days later, house cleaning lady screamed as she entered her room in her West Hollywood pad. She had been dead for over a week. Where are all these friends? No one noticed that she had stopped tweeting. Family hadn't called to check in on her. Friends. Sad thing, isn't it? She had many celebrity friends, but she died alone in bed. And it was days before anybody noticed that she was gone. I don't know what your friends are like. Those friends that are keeping you back from receiving Christ as your Savior. But I would venture to say that if you have a Christian friend, they're the best friend you could ever have. What other friends do you have that are praying for you? Who else prayed for you today? There were Christians who prayed for you. Best friends. Our Lord Jesus Christ came into this world and they said, he is a friend of sinners. And that is what thrills my heart tonight. I can go anywhere in North America. And that's as far as I've traveled. I'm not a globetrotter, but I can go anywhere in North America. And I can look anyone in the eyes, no matter what lifestyle they're living. 
I was just out in Vancouver two weeks ago, and I spent a whole afternoon, several hours, on East Hastings Street, which has the highest HIV rate per capita in the world. The sidewalks there are literally hundreds of homeless people and heroin, cocaine, whatever drugs. I visited the controversial safe injection site. I stood in line at a mission and went all down one street and around the corner, down the block. And I stood in the line with men with broken lives. And I talked to them. Do you know what I was able to tell them? The Lord Jesus Christ is a friend of sinners. Philip was 49. He said his father started abusing him at the age of seven. And he remembered laying in bed at night at the age of seven and thinking, if there is a God, why doesn't he stop this from happening to me? At age 11, he started heroin. Age 11. And I was talking to him 49 years of age. And I was able to tell him about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was able to tell him that all the awful wrongs that your father may have done to you on earth, if you come to know Christ as your Savior, you'll be brought into a family and you will have a heavenly father that will be everything that your earthly father was not to you. And infinitely more than that, a friend of sinners. Let me tell you that he is a personal friend. He's not like the friends you have on Facebook. Some of them are very personal. But this one, the Lord Jesus, you come to know him. He is a personal friend with all the loneliness in the world. You must have experienced something of that. The Lord Jesus Christ wants to be your personal friend. You probably would think you had it made if Bill Gates was your personal friend. He's talking to a fellow from Chicago. Oh, he said, yes, I was invited to the inauguration. A friend of President Obama's actually got him involved in using technology in a successful campaign. And I, whoa, talking to you, you are a friend of President Obama. And I thought, Peter Ramsey, give your head a shake. Your friendship goes way beyond that. You know one and you are linked to one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is your personal friend. Oh, what a friend the Lord Jesus Christ is. Our good friends, they may do kind deeds for us. They may come and fill your flat tire up or change your tire. They may give you a drive. They may even loan you some cash when you're up against hard times. But the highest act of friendship. Do you have any friends that would actually lay down their life for you? The Lord Jesus. The highest act of friendship. He gave his life for sinners. Romans chapter 5 says, even when we were enemies. Enemies. Not when we were goody-goody two-shoes. Not after we had reformed our life. Not even after we were saved. But while we were still enemies. He loved us. And Christ died for us. He wants to be that personal friend of yours tonight. Unmerited love. The more I get to know Peter Ramsey and see what's in his dark heart, the more I marvel that the Lord Jesus Christ would ever, ever love someone like me. He loved me. Personal friend. Not only a personal friend. He's a prodigal's friend. There might be a prodigal here tonight. Someone who has disappointed their parents. Someone who has taken their own way. You know you have caused sleepless nights for those who love you and worry about you. The Lord Jesus, he is a prodigal's friend. Oh, as you read the New Testament, the Gospels, his tender heart towards the sinner, towards the outcast, 
towards the down and outers. He is a prodigal's friend. Read the stories. The man of Gadara, after everyone else had written him off, and he was the outcast of society, and he was out there in the cemeteries, cutting himself and screaming. The Lord Jesus Christ knew all about that one man, and he knows all about that one man in the gospel meeting tonight, or the one girl. He even knows the number of hairs in your head. You're not just a part of a big blur as he looks down and says, seven billion people. It's not all a big mass of fog to him. He knows the color of your eyes. He knows where you were last night. And he knew that prodigal was out in the cemetery. And he sailed through a dark night, through a wild, stormy sea. And that little boat pulled up to the shore. And the Savior got out. What for? For one desperate, abandoned man. And the story ends with that man with a smile on his face. Peace, sitting, clothed in his right mind and rejoicing that he met the Lord Jesus. Prodigal's friend. Is there a prodigal here tonight? The Lord Jesus told stories about lost sheep. Why do you think he did that? Why? Because he knew that sinners were like lost sheep. And his heart throbs for lost sheep in the meeting. Christian son, grandparents in heaven, emailed me, drug dealer for 10 years, age 25, he had a house, truck, car, motorcycle, cash, but also had a severe addiction. And I asked people to pray for him. He wrote me one night, he said, as much, Peter, as you understand God's love, I understand hatred, frustration, lack of control, alcoholism, drug addictions. You want to try living a life where you don't trust yourself, your next reaction, desire, thought. All your friends gone because you're too unpredictable. Look into my eyes. You'll see the black hole that is my soul. Try sitting in a basement with a loaded pistol in your mouth, shaking, tearful, but determined. It only takes one right squeeze. I fear what would happen in the afterlife if I should die of my own hand. I take risks to increase my odds of death. Heavy drugs, heavy alcohol usage, fast car, motorcycles, skydiving, walking under suspended loads. I have no fear. I do not care. Something kept me alive, Peter. So many opportunities. So many. I need to find a reason. I must find a way. One night about three o'clock in the morning, he texted me, keep the phone by the bed, texted me. And all it said, it just didn't say, hey, Pete, what you up to? Nothing like that. Just said, all we like sheep have gone astray. I texted him right back. Don't stop there. The verse goes on. The verse goes on. And friend, the verse does go on. We don't have to tell you you've gone astray. But the verse goes on. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But here's a beautiful part of the verse. But the Lord God laid on him the iniquity of us all. He's a prodigal's friend. Unconditional love. No matter how many times you said no to him, slammed the door shut, Kept him on the patio of your life. He still wants to be your friend. He still wants to come in and remove your sin, take your guilt, load, 
And he wants to be your friend. You know, even the story of Judas, sort of touching. The last hours, as Judas was already betraying him, it was said, well, it's said in the Old Testament, my own familiar friend has lifted up his heel against me. But when Judas came into the Garden of Gethsemane that night, Jesus looked at him and he said, Friend, wherefore have you come? Friend, friend. Is your friend tonight? I tell you that he's a continual friend, constant, not a fair weather friend. I know some guys back home, and when they get their paycheck, and they're planning to blow it on alcohol and drugs, they have a lot of friends for the weekend, go on a binge. But when the paycheck is spent, the friends disappear. You have friends like that? If you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I can tell you this, not only on merited love, on conditional love, but on interrupted love. He is a continual friend. Marianne Nunn wrote those words. Christians love to sing it. One there is above all others. Oh, how he loves. His is love beyond a brother. Oh, how he loves. Earthly friends may fail or leave us. One day soothe, the next day grieve us. But this friend will never deceive us. Oh, how he loves. Do you know him tonight? Oh, what you're missing out on. John chapter 10, the Lord Jesus says, The thief comes to kill and to destroy, steal. But I am come that you would have an abundant life. What do you have against the Lord Jesus? Why are you keeping him at bay? Why are you saying, no, not yet? Is the world really that attractive to you? Do your friends out there have so much to offer you that you would keep the Lord Jesus Christ out of your life? Hold him at bay. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do you know anything about this, friend? I'm looking forward to being down in the States for some tent meetings. And I've made some arrangements. I'm hoping to go see David Berkowitz. It's a little bit of a drive for me. But David Berkowitz, many of you have heard me talk about David Berkowitz before. But he writes me a lot more often than I write him. He hasn't got access to the Internet, so he writes the old letters. And I can't keep up with his letters. But he's a son of Sam. Went into New York City. He terrorized New York City for a year. Random shootings. He is serving six life sentences. 365 years in the Sullivan Correctional Facility in Fallsburg, New York. Mass murderer. Do you know, one night in his prison cell, man had given him a New Testament in the Psalms. And I know there are a lot of phony conversions in prison, people wanting to get out on parole. But he was reading in Psalms, this poor man cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard his voice. And David Berkowitz cried, from his prison cell to the Lord for salvation. And David Berkowitz trusted Christ as his Savior. And that's quite a number of years ago. He was offered parole, but he turned it down. I asked David, I said, David, what does Jesus Christ mean to you today? And he wrote me back. He said, the Lord Jesus is my Savior, my hope, and my friend, my friend. Experiencing his forgiveness is wonderful. Being able to know Christ as my shepherd is also wonderful. But having him as a faithful and constant companion who loves me dearly is the best of all. 
He wrote, no one is too far away that the Savior's mighty arms cannot pull. He goes on. You know what he's appreciating? David Berkowitz is appreciating. He is a friend of sinners, personal friend, a prodigal's friend, a continual friend. But I want to tell you something else as I sit down. He's an eternal friend. Are we speaking to someone tonight who may be without a friend for all eternity? People go into a depression sometimes in life. And they look around them and they say, I don't have a friend. Nobody cares. That's a sad state of mind to be in. But it's a reality in life sometimes. If you think it's bad in this life to not experience the intimacy of a friend, can you imagine what it would be like to go out into eternity without a friend forever and ever and ever? It's one thing to be lonely in life, but to be alone for all eternity. In a God-forsaken place. Those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we know Him. He's an eternal friend. Unending love. Ours forever. Nothing can take us from His love. That's what Romans 8 says. Nothing can separate us. Nothing. Not even death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. An eternal friend. Let me ask you as I sit down, is He your friend tonight? Do you know him as your Savior? And you say, yes, he's mine. Are you willing to surrender, to yield to the lovely man, our Lord Jesus Christ? Plead with you. Consider him our blessed Savior and receive him tonight as yours. Yes, in a world of broken relationships and conditional love, it's hard to find one true friend. But even if you do, these earthly friends would never be able to meet your deepest spiritual needs. They would never be able to secure for you eternal blessings. Christ said that a person can show no greater love than this than that he dies for his friends. Yet he died for those who did not love him in return, his enemies. Yes, as sinners with our backs to God, Christ saw our greatest need and paid for our sins on Calvary. Do you have a friend like this? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.